The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Zion Primitive Baptist Church in Zion, Alabama. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. I want to welcome you today to the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. This podcast is an outreach of Zion Primitive Baptist Church, which is located in the Zion community near Gordo, Alabama. I'm Elder Chris McCool, and I serve as pastor of Zion Primitive Baptist Church. We are a congregation of believers in the sovereign grace of God where families worship together through the simple practice of preaching, praying, and singing. If you live in this area or are visiting here, we would love to have you attend worship services with us. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and every Sunday evening at 5 p.m. and the first and third Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. I'm happy to note that our daily podcast is featured on Grace Alone Radio, which you can find at gracealoneradio.net. You can find the schedule on the website, and you can also download an app to your phone so that you can listen wherever you are. Grace Alone Radio is a 24-hour streaming service which carries the message of God's sovereign grace around the clock and around the world. Zion Primitive Baptist Church is located at 9487 County Road 49, Gordo, Alabama. That's near the intersection of County Road 49 and Alabama Highway 159, about eight miles north of Gordo, Alabama, and about 10 miles northeast of Reform, Alabama. If you're interested in finding more sermons, you can go to our website at zionpbc.com, that's z-i-o-n-p-b-c.com, where you'll find all of our posted sermons as well as a link to subscribe to our podcast. You can also subscribe to our website which will update you every time a new sermon is posted. Parenting is one of the most important tasks we will ever perform. It is imperative that we know what the Bible says about how to train up our children. Today, we are continuing to look at proper biblical goals to be set in parenting, as well as proper biblical methods to employ in achieving those goals. We're going to see that the world's philosophies almost always directly contradict God's plan for parenting. And when those two approaches conflict, we should always opt for the scriptural approach. Please stay tuned for the message. But first, we have a song selection that I hope you'll enjoy.
You see, it all comes back to theology, doesn't it? If we don't understand the truth of man's nature and the truth of God's nature and God's salvation, then we don't know, we, don't, uh, we can't approach even the parenting that we need to do in the right way. See, there's a problem with these children. There's a problem with these innocent little angels. And the problem is they're not innocent little angels. <laughs> they're not little neutral kids that just really want to do right. According to Psalm 51 and verse 5, David, the great psalmist of Israel, said, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. That doesn't mean that the act between a, a, a husband and a wife is a sin, but it just means that you came forth uh, as a sinner from the womb. You were born just like your parents. You are a depraved, dead creature, spiritually speaking. And even if you've been born again, you still got that old sin nature within you. Psalm 58 and verse 3 says, The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. I don't know about you. I remember, I'm 56 years old. But I remember my childhood to a great extent. What I remember most about my childhood is how many lies I could tell to get what I wanted. I'm, I'm sitting, this reminded me this week of us, I've shared this with you, I think. You know, I, I enjoyed having attention, just like all other kids do, by the way. I said, like I said earlier, self-esteem is not my issue. I got a PhD in too much self-esteem. But I remember when I was about four or five years old, I read about somebody that had laryngitis and couldn't speak. I thought that'd be pretty cool, you know. So I started whispering everywhere I went. I was whispering here and I was whispering there. Mama told me to speak up. I can't. I got laryngitis. You know, I was going through all that. Well, the problem with lying is you'll forget what you lied about. <laughs> so sure enough, about, you know, half a day into it, maybe a full day, I can't remember how long I held out, I needed something and I spoke up and said, hey, Mama, give me that. And she looked at me and she said, oh, you don't have laryngitis anymore? And I Thinking quickly, I said, yeah, I just got cured. I just, I just got cured. I, if I'd have known about the Lord healing, I'd have probably said he healed me. You know, I'd have made up some. But, see, the problem is we're not dealing with little angels. Now, listen, I understand. Children are sweet and precious. And, and in many ways, they're innocent to the ways of the world. I get that. But they are depraved sinners. They're not born neutral. There's not... They're not good up to a certain point and then they start getting bad. They are born sinners. How many times, how many times has your child screamed bloody murder when they were a baby as if they're being beaten or if they're hungry and, and all, you, all they really wanted was you to come in there and turn on the light, you know, or just show up. And I mean, I've seen it again with, with our, with Cal and our, you know, I, I remember how it was with my children. They were, they were so good at, at, at leading us to believe that, that things were horrible in their lives. And all they just wanted was maybe another cookie, you know. <laughs> maybe they wanted their, their milk or something. You see, all children are children of Adam. In Psalm 14, verse 1, it says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Okay, that's a good way to start it off, isn't it? That's, that's kind of where we all are at one point in our lives. But look at verse, uh, look as you continue reading that verse. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. 
There is none that doeth good. You know, that's quoted over in Romans chapter 3. Go read it sometime. Paul elaborates on it. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. That includes our babies. That includes our toddlers. That especially includes our teenagers. <laughs> Seriously, uh, let me just say this about, about the teenage years. Uh, sometimes people want to elevate that to a worse status than we should. Teenagers are just children. They're just your children. Don't, don't be intimidated by the, the teenage years. Don't be worried about that. They are difficult, yes, but it's no different. If you start young, if you start when they're babies and you teach them and you, and you guide them, yes, there are going to be more issues the older they get, but ultimately teenagers are just children, okay? But they're all depraved sinners at heart. We all have, even those that are children of God, even those that have been born again, you know, the heart. I heard this yesterday. Somebody, I can't remember which preacher over there at Macedonia preached on this, but the world's teaching is to follow your heart. The Bible teaching is that your heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And so if you get to the point, young parents, young children, Whoever you are, you get to the point where it looks like the path that you need to go is this direction, but the Bible says you should go that direction, but oh, your heart's telling you to go here. Don't follow your heart. That thing is nasty and deceitful. It's desperately wicked. We all, it's like sheep, have gone astray, Isaiah tells us in Isaiah 53. We have turned everyone to his own way. You see, we must recognize the problem within our children. They're not neutral little potential angels. They're, they're depraved little potential demons. <laughs> I shouldn't say it that way. But you know what I'm saying? They're, they're depraved. They're not, they, they have the, the more inclination in them to do wrong. And no inclination to do right. You have to teach them that. We also need to recognize the problems without, not just the problems within. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 15, listen to this. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. I read about another enemy. The world is your enemy. The world is the enemy of your children. And I read about another enemy. I read about, I read about a devil that is like a roaring lion over in 1 Peter, going about seeking whom he may devour. I read about another enemy. We've already talked about the flesh. We've got a trinity of enemies, the world, the flesh, and the devil. And we must teach them. The world is after our children. And let me just tell you, the world is good at what it does. I'm, listen, I've... Let me just make it clear here. I don't promote homeschooling. I'm not against homeschooling. I don't promote public schools. I'm not against public schools or private schools. But I'm telling you this. Wherever you go, if you send your children to school, you better lay the foundation. If you're homeschooling, you better lay the foundation. It does not matter. Anything out there in the world can trip them up they are after our children, and we must recognize that problem. 
So what do we do? Well, thankfully, we have a plan. It's in the Word of God, and we need to follow God's plan for parenting. And God's plan for parenting involves the establishment of authority in the home. Let me tell you something. If you hadn't figured it out yet, and those of you that parents, I'm sure, already have, your child will rule the household if you let him. That's, that's, that's their goal. <laughs> they don't know that's their goal, but that's what they, they will rule the household if you let them. And yet we're told that there is authority in the home and it's not with the child. Colossians 3.20, children obey your parents in all things. Why? For this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. See, notice that, that ultimately even the parenting isn't about the parents. You know, I said it's not about, you know, children, it's not about you. Parents, it's not about you. It's about God. See, this is well-pleasing to God. It's not about us being these great parents that have this well-behaved family. It's about us pleasing the Lord. we got to remember that God has preeminence in everything. Let me just take a quick side trip here. You know, what, so what's the problem with this gentle parenting or permissive parenting? What, what's the problem with, with children kind of ruling the roost? Well, the problem is this. Is children, you know, obviously young children are immature and inexperienced, but even as they grow up, you know, as they become teenagers and even sometimes young adults, you know, children can be immature and they certainly don't have the experience that some of the older ones do. I didn't, I didn't realize just how smart my daddy was <laughs> till I got to about 25 or 30 years old. He got real wise real quick, you know. Think about this, you know, if, if you, you know, some of you have young children, I don't know, some of you have some older children, teenagers, you know, what's the big thing? You, you restrict your child from going to a certain party or from going to be with certain people and they say, well, don't you trust me? Don't you trust me? And the short answer to that is no, <laughs> I don't. Uh, now, this is what I mean by that, though. Even... If your children may be good children as, as compared to the world, okay? If, even if my children are good kids, I can trust their character. But what I can't trust is their experience. See, they don't have the life experience. I mean, in many cases they say, well, don't you trust me to go out and do these things? Well, think about this. Think about, uh, I, I took... Uh, I took biology in high school, okay? Then I took chemistry in college. I hated both of them. But I took chemistry in college. So you're, you're telling me you need brain surgery? Well, hey, I had biology. I'll, I'll be glad to operate on your brain. Would you let me? No. Is it because I'm a bad person? I hope you don't think that. But I don't have the experience, you see. I don't have that experience. That does not qualify me to do brain surgery on you just because I've had a biology class. You're not qualified, young folks are not qualified to go out into the world and deal with the problems of life just because they're good kids. They need the experience of time, and the way they get that is to get it is to listen to their parents. Let your parents teach you, you see. And that's why it's important to respect authority in all these areas, because hopefully the one in authority has the life experience necessary. Okay, let me, let me move on from that, though. Uh, certainly the establishment of authority in the home is important. God's plan for parenting also involves the use of the rod, the use of the rod. I realize I'm treading off into dangerous territory 
uh, as far as the world looks at it now. And let me just stop here and say, I was a prosecutor in my former life, okay? I know what child abuse looks like. I can't stand child abuse. I put child abusers in, abusers in prison, okay? I did that for a living for a long time. So I know what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about child abuse. But notice that in, you remember back over in Ephesians chapter 6, he said we're to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Look with me back over to Proverbs for a moment and let's see how to, how to implement that. Proverbs chapter 29 and verse 15 says this, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Notice what it says here. This gives us probably in one, in one verse probably the best summation of how we're to raise our children, how we're to train up our children. The rod and reproof. Okay, what is the rod? That literally the definition there is a young shoot or a branch off of a tree. Okay, and I've heard it said this way. I heard a preacher one time say that we should apply the rod. You know, how old is too, how young is too young to apply the rod? We should apply the rod when the rod is nothing more than a broom straw. Well, now what about the person that says, I just love my kids too much to spank them? Well, Bible's got an answer for that as well. Proverbs 13, 24 says, He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. The word betimes means early. We'll come back to that in a moment. But understand that the rod, the rod that's being applied is, a, uh, uh, is, is corporal punishment, okay? Again, it's not talking about child abuse, but there's a place for the rod to be applied, and the word chasten there simply means to correct or to admonish or to instruct. Look at verse 15 of Proverbs 22. Proverbs 22, 15. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child. See, that's that depravity we're talking about. That's that old Adamic nature that's in, in us, still in us today, if you're, whether you're a child or not. Foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but negotiations shall drive it far from him? That ain't what it says, is it? That's not what it says. But the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. You see, the rod will correct attitudes of foolishness that's bound up in the heart of every child. Every child has that. We must be prepared as parents to apply that rod. And, and, and let me just also say this. The rod, the application of the rod is not about you, parents. It's not about you getting mad and deciding to beat your child. It's about you as a godly parent interested in the welfare of your child and, and, and applying that rod according to the dictates of Scripture in order to drive foolishness from them. See, did you know the rod is all about them? It's not about you, parents. It's about them. It's about the child. It's about correcting that child in a way to drive that attitude of foolishness from him. Now, remember what it said. The rod and reproof gives wisdom. Remember that? The rod and reproof. Reproof is rebuke or correction or reasoning. Okay? You know, I said there's no place for negotiation. There is a place for communication and, 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 and for reasoning with your child, but it's after the application of the rod. It's not, in other words, we don't just whip our children and not tell them why. 
I mean, my daddy didn't do that. I hope you didn't do that. I never did that. You don't just go in there and start beating on them. You know, I've used that example before in the chastening of God. God is a better father than my father was, and my father never spanked me without telling me why. And if you ever feel like you're under the chastening of God and can't figure out why, you're probably not under the chastening of God. It's probably just the world out there, the sin-cursed world pressing down upon you, or maybe, maybe something else going on that's, that's happening. You know, God chastens us, but when He does, He tells us. He tells us. So reprove. We don't just whip them without telling them why. And you probably shouldn't do it while they're crying. You probably should wait a little bit and sit down, but, but you should always use reproof. Sit down with them after you spank and say, Son, you know why I spanked you? Uh, sweetheart, you know why I had to apply the rod? This is why. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's mandated by Scripture because the rod and reproof work together. They work together, okay? Look at Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 13. Listen to this. In the lips of him that hath understanding, wisdom is found, but a rod is for the back of him that is void of understanding. Notice what's happened here. There's, there is that person that has wisdom and understanding and there's that person that doesn't the rod is for that person and and understanding is in the lips of him that has wisdom okay you see it works together the rod and reproof work together and let me tell you something else you can't wait till they're teenagers to start this we've got to implement god's plan early remember proverbs 13 24 it said uh, over there, and let me just turn there. Proverbs thirteen twenty four: He that spareth his rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes. That word betimes there literally means early. It means early. It means we got to start sooner than later. And it also has an implication there of being diligent with it. Proverbs 19, verse 18. Listen to what the Bible says here. Proverbs 19, in verse 18, it says, Chasten thy son while there is hope, and let not thy soul spare for his crying. When a son or a daughter gets on up into their teenage years, spanking's not going to work like it did when they were young. The rod's not going to be as, uh, not going to be uh, prosperous at that point. There comes a point where it's too late. We must do it early. And notice it says, also, uh, let's see, Proverbs 23. Yeah, Proverbs 23 and verse 13. Listen to this. I'm sure there were times when my daddy thought I was dying because I sure thought I was <laughs> when he was spanking me, okay? But notice what it says here. Withhold not correction from the child. For if thou beatest him with the rod, he shall not die. Thou shalt beat him with the rod and shalt deliver his soul from hell. Notice what he's saying here. Parents, I'm telling you, you young parents particularly, I, gotta, I feel for you because it's not easy. It's not easy to discipline your children. You know, that old saying that daddy used to say, it hurts me worse than it hurts you. I didn't believe him, <laughs> but you know what? He was right. He was right. Because I used to hate having to spank my children. It used to hurt me so bad. And it, I, I wanted to not. It's so much easier to just let it go. So much, but you know, one of the keys to proper parenting, godly parenting, is consistency. It's consistency. And by the way, that means don't be laying out rules that don't matter. 
Don't set out some rule that you don't walk on the right side of the church. You just walk on the left side when that doesn't matter because then you've got to enforce it. And, and they're wondering why you're so arbitrary, you see. Make sure you set the right kind of rules in your home and be consistent with it. And don't let the fact that it's difficult hold you back from implementing it. See, contrary to worldly philosophy, when it's done right, applying the rod won't hurt your child, but it'll help him. It'll help your child. I had a whole bunch of stuff. I'm not going to go into it this morning, but uh, I went and did a lot of looking up of doctors telling us that you're not supposed to spank your child. Well, all I can say is, is that if it goes contrary to the Word of God, you can discard it as a philosophy of men. Now, finally, as we bring this to a close, remember this. I've alluded to it all, all along. We must implement God's plan with the right attitude ourselves, okay? There is no place in the kingdom of God for child abuse. There's no place in the kingdom of God for vengeance. You're not spanking your children. You should not spank your children because you're mad at them. You should not. You may be upset about what they've done, but you shouldn't be spanking them to get back at them. Remember what Romans 12, 19 says, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. You know, that. you think, well, that will never be a struggle for me. It can be a struggle. Because when your children do something you don't like, it can, it's something that if you're not careful, you can hold it over their heads and hold a grudge. But 1 Thessalonians 5.15 says, See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. See, the only, there's no place for wrath in chastening your children, only in that diligent, loving application says, Whoso, you, know, you remember what Jesus said in Mark 9? He said, Whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it's better for him that a millstone be hanged around his neck and he were cast into the sea. And that kind of brings us to what we will probably talk a little bit about next time back in, our, back in Colossians. You remember what we read in Colossians 3, 21? Fathers. Provoke not your children to anger, lest they be discouraged. If you go back over to Proverbs again, and you don't have to turn there, but read Proverbs 22 and verse 6 sometime. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Training up a child involves so many things that we've already talked about, but it also involves not provoking those children to anger. That's a place I struggled with all of my life, still struggle with it, is when my children didn't do what I told them to do, is getting angry about it and coming down too hard on them, you see. Now there's, you know, the rules have to be enforced. But notice he says, fathers, provoke not your sons, your children to anger. Why did he say fathers? I think because it's a particular temptation for fathers maybe more so than mothers there's some mothers that maybe have more of a temptation to this I realize that's not a, a, a universal rule that it's always the father but the point is this is that we are to train up our children it doesn't say raise them you know you raise dogs <laughs> I've heard brother buddy say that you raise a dog you have to train a child and that literally means to narrow that is to get rid of the excess to chip away at the unnecessary junk surrounding that child's character and his personality and and narrow them down into men and women 
who will prosper in life and in the kingdom of God. I hope that we can learn, especially you young parents, but even us older ones, I hope we can learn how to implement and to teach true biblical discipline in our churches and in our families. We're going to look at a few more thoughts next time, Lord willing, but, uh, but just continue to stay in this guidebook that will teach us how to live in every aspect of life. Thank you for joining us today on the Zion Primitive Baptist Church podcast. I hope the message has been uplifting and beneficial to you and that the Lord will continue to bless you to grow in grace and knowledge of the truth. Join us again tomorrow for another message of God's sovereign grace. If you would like to subscribe to our website, please go to www.zionpbc.com and sign up for email updates. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact the church at zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. That's zionpbc1847 at gmail.com. Or you can email me directly at jchrismacool at gmail.com. That's the letter J-C-H-R-I-S-M-C-C-O-O-L at gmail.com. Again, thank you for listening. May the Lord bless you is my prayer. We thank you for listening to today's message. For more information, please visit us online at zionpbc.com. 